Hey, Adam. Yes, Scott. I got a question for you. Yes. Do you ever have that feeling where you feel alone, or you feel like feel like you don't belong? Sometimes, yeah. Well, never fear, my friend, because you will never feel that way again. Because for your distraction is now a member of a family. We are. Yes, a Pottern family, to be precise. You mean that TV show that's on the air? No, not that. No? No, not that. The Pottern family, if you go on Twitter, search for Pottern family, give them a follow. They post all kinds of great podcasts, us included. All kinds of all kinds of cool stuff, man. It's it's great. I love it. I'm about to check it out. It sounds yeah, interesting. Definitely. Check out the Pottern family. Well, welcome back, but to a very special edition of For Your Distraction. That it is. It is a throwback cinema. And we'll give you a little bit of background story about what we're doing here. So, we've talked about movies in the past, and this is completely 110% my fault. It is on me. It's tough. As a dad with, with two, I mean, two now, young kids. You make a good point, though, Scott. You do make a good point when you say So, this. a lot of new movies have come out. Starting with Batman vs. Superman. Then Captain America Civil War. The Jungle Book. The live-action Jungle Book. And then we had X-Men Apocalypse come out. And, and then later this summer, Suicide Squad's coming out. But all these are great movies that we wanted to talk about on the podcast. The problem is, I haven't seen any of them. It is very difficult for yours truly to get to the movie theater to see stuff. With two young children at home and, and working all the time, it, it's, you know, it, it's easier for me to just watch stuff at home. And I've also heard from people who listen to the show, you know, hey, I was listening to your movie review of, of this, but... I hadn't seen it yet, and you guys said there was going to be spoilers, so I had to turn the show off and not listen to it. So I was talking to Adam, and I came up with a great idea. Let's do movie reviews, because we love movies. That's one of the main focuses of this podcast. But let's do them of great, old, classic films that everybody in the world should have seen by now. And Adam, you said that was a very good idea. Yeah, I do. I, I I like that. I think it's, I think it's a good thing. I mean, we watch, we watch movies all the time. You and me, we we like a lot of the same movies. Um, we got a thing where we'll just go back and we'll watch old movies that we've already seen a billion times before, 
but we'll watch them again because you know whatever it doesn't matter so i think i i, I do like that because i i love talking about movies with you you're more factual about movies than me because you remember all the actors you remember the movies they've been in i'm horrible at names. i'm good at that i'm you're, good at that yeah you you're you're fantastic i used at to be that. i used to be kick-ass at the movie link game the you six degrees of kevin bacon what was it you once linked the woman that played Judy Garland, yeah, Judy Garland from uh, Wizard of Oz to somebody from like ten years ago or something like that. You were able to do that. I watched you do that one time. You're that good at it. So I think it was Kevin Bacon. I think it was Judy was Garland. It Kevin Bacon. I think I linked Judy Garland to Kevin Bacon, and that I don't. Was, I still don't know how the fuck you did. That. I don't. Oh, it like, was really hard to nutty, do. But it was really hard to do. It took me a lot of links, but I got there. Okay, so we're gonna start out on our very first. Cinema throwback, throwback cinema rather. And Adam, you picked the first film that we're going to review. It's a good one too. Tell the people what we're reviewing today. We're going to review The Shawshank Redemption. So what made you pick The Shawshank Redemption? Uh, You know what? It had been on Netflix recently, like over the past like month or something like that. And I put it on my list. And I think I had watched it. And we were talking. And I I was rattling off names. Like, you know, it's a good one. Shawshank Redemption. We should do that, too. You know, I had it on my list. And you were like, that's a great idea. We should do that, too. It's a classic movie classic movie it's a very good movie and something i was shocked about either it was internet movie database or rotten tomatoes it was ranked i think number two of all time <laughs> and the godfather part one was ranked number one which is also great and the movie. godfather part two was ranked number three so the shawshank redemption was somehow sandwiched in between the Godfather films, which the Godfather films should go on our list of future movies. To we got review. a lot of movies on yeah. this list. We got a but lot of movies. So. I I was shocked when I saw that that it was it was rated that high. I love the movie. I think it's a very good movie, but I don't necessarily know if I would put it that high. I, I don't know about you. Uh, I don't think I would do it either. But once again, we have different tastes than. I guess classic movie critics or whatever, you know, the the jaded movie critics that just, you know, can't I I've got this thing about movie critics where they're all jaded and they've seen so many movies that they can appreciate a good movie sometimes because it's not like something else amazing they've seen before or whatever, but I think we should get into it though. But it, it, for this is nothing that this movie came out in 1994, 1995, sometime around then. I don't know. I'm going to look up the IMDb. Yeah, it came up around 94, 95, and it didn't even win Best Picture. And it's my opinion that I don't even think it was the second or third Best Picture. Which is surprising. I, I think it came out the same year as Forrest Gump. And Forrest Gump won Best Picture that year. And I think Forrest Gump is a better movie than The Shawshank Redemption. I at least like it better. Also... The Lion King came out that year. Really? I think The Lion King is a better movie than The Shawshank Redemption. Also, um, did did Schindler's List come out that year? You know, I'm going to be because honest with you. Because that's three movies I like more than The Shawshank Redemption if they all came out the same I'm gonna year. I'm going to be honest with you. I never actually saw The Schindler's List. You never saw Schindler's List? Oh, it's a great one. It. Never saw it. So It's a great one. And I, I could have my years mixed up. But that's a cr that's a great year for films if those are all the same. Year. Yeah, it, it, a fantastic year. Um, Schindler's List. Now that I think about, might have been a might have been one year earlier because I think I think 
I think that one best picture also. So yeah, that was probably the the year prior, but still Forrest Gump, Lion King, two great films. Lion King was pretty much animated lion version of Hamlet. Pretty but, much, yeah. I mean, you know, that was an amazing movie though. Like you know me and Disney. Most, that was one of my probably my most favorite Disney movie of all time. It's up there for me also. <laughs> so But that's not to take anything away from Shawshank Redemption. No. I, I do I still I think it's a very, very good movie. Um we had uh Mike Muha on the show and his girlfriend Rebecca and she said this is her favorite movie of all time. And that's not a bad choice. Like there's a lot of people who say that. Um, the movie was directed by uh, Frank Darabont. Am I pronounced that right? Frank I think it's Darabont. Yeah, Darabont. Darabont he yeah. also directs uh, Walking Dead. Does he? Yes, which ah, I really like. You're not caught up on Adam. I but, am absolutely not caught but, up on that. Um, there's, there's a reason for that, but yeah. Shawshank Redemption was his first film. He also later on did uh, The Green Mile, which is also a prison movie. Another ri- class Written by Stephen King, again. That's another really good movie. I love that movie. Speaking of Stephen King, who, who wrote The Shawshank Redemption, are, are you a Stephen King fan, Adam? You know, I grew up as my mother, who was a St- Stephen King fan, and she loved the movies and she liked the books. I've tried to get into some of the books. I just can't read them. I don't feel. I just oh feel God. like I can't read them. You, you completely nailed. My stepfather and my grandmother are both absolutely bananas for Stephen King. We go on vacations to the beach. They read freaking Stephen. And those books are thick. Oh yes, those are. books are like they take those some books serious. are Game of Thrones thick. Okay, Man. that's how that's how thick they are. And I tried to read one one time. It was the. Uh, Nightmares and Dreamscapes. It was like a short, like like novella style. I couldn't even get through that, man. It was it was really tough. I can't remember which Stephen King book. It was years. Like I was a teenager when I tried to read some of those books. So funny story. Back, uh, oh my god, what year was it? Two thousand four, maybe two thousand three. Whatever year the movie Dreamcatcher came out. Yeah, do you remember that film? Yeah, I remember that. So. I was seeing this girl down in Tennessee, and for whatever reason, she was a huge Stephen King fan. And that movie was was coming out in the theaters, and she asked me, she goes, oh, did you ever read Dreamcatcher? Because it's coming out in, in the movie now. And I, absolutely not, I never read it, but me, I'm trying to impress her. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> I read that. I really liked it. She's like, oh my God, it's my favorite book. Can we go see the movie together? I'm like, absolutely. So here I am talking to my stepfather i'm like do you have a copy of the book dream catcher i need to borrow it as soon as possible he said would you like paperback or hardback I'm like, <laughs> which one's shorter he goes neither i say damn <laughs> so i got one of the copies of dream catcher tried to read it dude i could not fucking do it i could not get through that piece of shit it was <laughs> bad it was bad it was hard to read so never read it Completely get this, went went to see the movie with this girl, and the movie was just as bad as the book. Really bad movie, and I'm sitting there with this girl. I'm just trying to get in her pants. Yeah. Which, uh, there goes Scotty. Yeah, so Scotty then, the, then the ending happened. The ending was god-awful. But then she says to me afterwards, can you believe that ending? I said, I know, right? It's like the people who made this never even read the book. <laughs> So completely went with the the farce that I read the book, but hey, it worked. So yeah, 
Did you did you score? It worked. It did. It worked. It worked. But uh, yeah, that's my fond memories of Stephen King. But I'd like some of the movies. Yeah, of the Stephen movies King movies. So I sat down. I, I, just just for fun, and I tried to think of Stephen King movies that I like and where Shawshank ranks above them. And I tried to come with a top five, but I really came up with six because there was a there was a tie for number five. So I want to read you my list. And How about so, it? Okay, so at number five, I have the movie Misery with Kathy Bates and James Caan. Another classic. Where he's the he's the author, and she's like the crazy psycho fan who kidnaps him and breaks his fucking legs and chains him in the bed. Crazy fucking movie. I, I really, can't watch that breaking legs scene. Oh, dude, I, I have to look that. away every time. But I like that movie a lot. Also tied with this one, number five, is a movie I know you love, Adam. Running Man, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's it's a bad movie. Let's was be it like, Stephen King? Stephen King wrote that. Really? Was yes. it? Stephen King I wrote... I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fucking... That's Stephen King wrote The Running Man, and it's a fun movie. I like, I like parts it of it, but it's, it's, yeah, not a good movie. Okay, so number four, I put The Shawshank Redemption. I think The Shawshank Redemption is my fourth favorite Stephen King movie. Number three... I have The Shining, like that's, the the Francis Ford movie. Coppola version. Yeah, yeah. Creepy, creep me out. I, I have that at number three. Number two, love this film. I have the movie Stand By Me, starring our good friend, friend of the show, Will Wheaton. River Phoenix is in that. I never saw that. You never saw Stand By Me? No, I don't think I ever oh, saw Stand By Me. Oh, dude, Stand By Me is great. It, but I don't. Never you gotta watch that one. Watch Stand by Me, and number one, and this is kind of cheating, but uh, got something about this movie. I remember it's from the from like the mid '90s. I remember watching this as a kid and being terrified of this movie, and now like it, it doesn't doesn't hold up today in today's standard. It's just it, it's just lousy. No, not it sucks. That movie is way overhyped. I don't know about that. I'm talking about the movie. It's actually technically a made-for-TV miniseries, The Rose Stand. Oh. The Stand with Gary Sinise. Did you ever see that? Like the, like the plague and the end of the world. Man, it, it, yeah, I the like one, that. Were in the cornfield. The, the cornfield. Old, shit, the old yeah. woman was like God. Yep. And then yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. I remember seeing that. Cool. I li- I liked it as a kid, and I've watched it. I rewatched it recently, and it's no, it's not very good, but just sentimental reasons. I like it. I like it as a kid. So, was was Rose Red a Stephen King thing too? Rose Red, Rose Red. Do you remember that? I feel like that was a Rosemary's it, Baby. No, it was it was it was like a it was like a almost like a TV miniseries that was like that turned out to be like like almost two movies or whatever. There was like these psychics were in this haunted house or whatever. It was, I don't know. It was I a good thing. I, I never I, saw it. I don't think it was Stephen King, but I want to say it was, but. I don't know what I'm thinking, of, but yeah, I'm gonna look All that right. up. I got a computer for me. I don't know why the well, fuck I'm not doing that. Let's uh, let's let's start talking about Shawshank Redemption. What do you say? <clears throat> yeah, we should. It's time yeah. to yeah. It's time to get busy living or get busy dying. Pretty much, yeah. So it starts out with the trial of Andy Dufresne, played by Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins is a great actor, by the way. This uh, is his best role. This is his best. Yes, role it is absolutely his best role. Um, you know, originally. 
He was the third choice. Yeah, I, I, I think I read something. It was like Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks was number yeah, one, Tom and Hanks. he turned it down to do Forrest Gump. Not, yeah, not a bad choice, but was was sad that he couldn't do both. That's why later on Frank Darabont, Stephen King, put him in Green Mile. Yeah, which is that's how he got that role. Second choice was Kevin Costner. You ready for this? Who turned it down to do a little movie called. Waterworld. <laughs> really? Yeah. Waterworld wasn't, it was a bad movie. It was bad. It was a bad movie, but it was, it was really bad. It was so bad, it's good, though. I mean, it was bad, and he should have done Shawshank Redemption instead. But hey, it benefited Tim Listen, Robbins. Tim Robbins, Tim Robbins, I think. They always, you always come across these little quizzes like, hey, you know, you, here's your favorite movie, you know, Forrest Gump or whatever. And, you know, this actor played it, but you know who was supposed to play it? This actor. And you think about it like, yeah, that would be, that might have been garbage. That might have been garbage if that actor did it. So, yeah. I think Tib Ramos was a good choice. He was a good choice for that. So, you were saying it opens up at the, <coughs> the, the trial, trial, the trial where Andy Dufresne, who's Tim Robbins' character. Yes. And he's accused of killing his wife. Because his wife had been cheating on him with a lover of hers. She was um, banging that golf pro. Yeah, the golf the, pro. Yeah. And, and it showed him at the very beginning with a gun. Yeah. He was, it showed him. Because he was there. He was drunk. He had drove, driven to the house. And he, he claimed in his testimony that he just wanted to scare them. He had a loaded gun and he just wanted to scare them. He didn't actually want to kill them. But he, what he said was that he drove away and he threw the gun. But the thing is, what I found interesting about the beginning of the movie, and I always did, was when they show you the segment, they don't show you anything after the fact when he steps out of the car. Exactly. He steps out of the car, he walks like five steps, and he stops and he stares, and that's all you see. So you're kind of like, you're kind of like, wait, did he do it? Did exactly. he not do it? Like, exactly. what, what's going if on? We haven't seen this movie a million times in our lifetime, and know what happens. The f- I'm trying to think. The first time I probably saw this movie was like 1997, a few years after it came out, when like TBS or TNT got the rights to it and started playing it all the time. I feel like back then, I'm trying to remember if when I first watched it, did I think he did it? Yeah. Because I think that's what they wanted you to initially. Absolutely. Like, like, like that was. Could he be some mastermind criminal? Who had this whole fucking thing planned? Yeah. Now, spoilers. Halfway through the movie, you find I'm not gonna tell you now, but if you find out whether he did it or not, but you, this at this point in the movie, you're like, fucking, I'm pulling my hair out. Did he fucking? No, do I don't it? care about spoilers, Adam. This movie's <coughs> 22 years old. He didn't do it. 23 years old. He didn't do it. He did not. Commit he didn't. The he didn't kill. He didn't kill her. There's a guy. I yeah, was trying does. to have a little bit of sense of disbelief, but he didn't do it. He didn't do it. But no, he gets. Yeah, he gets sent to jail. Uh, I think he. I think he gets a life sentence. I'm pretty sure. I'll just wait. He gets two life sentences for each life that he took. Yeah, he gets two life. Sen- okay, so he gets two life sentences, and he gets sent to prison for it. And he, mind you, when the sentence is carried out, you just get this close up on his face, and you could see just this this anguish on his face. Like I didn't like like. Like like I said at this time, you're disbelieved. You don't think he does it. You what did he do? Did he not? But he doesn't believe he did it, and so he's like, "Oh my God, I'm going to prison for the rest of my life." I like the camera shots that they do, the cinematography. Yeah. When the bus is coming in, it pans up, and you see the sky, and you see that's kind of like your last like feeling of freedom. Yeah. And then the entire time that he's in Shawshank. 
you see like the a, almost like a border around the around the shot. Like he's always enclosed in something. Yeah. Except there's a there's a couple things that when it when the bus first comes in, you can see like it, it symbolizes freedom. When he locks himself in the office and plays that Mozart opera record, yeah, it represented freedom. Like all the all the prisoners are standing there, like looking at the speaker, and it pans up again, and you see. Well, the, the warden, open space. the warden is a very very religious oriented warden, so he he's very conservative religious. So he's like any 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 type of freedom that or any type of enjoyment is unbited to you you don't you don't deserve it you know it, it's it, you need to be disciplined he's a representative of, of satan yeah i mean if you look at if you look at stephen king's work it's very has some definitely christian undertones i mean the warden represents the devil yeah. represents satan in this film and his hiding behind being a religious person think about uh, we're talking about the green mile think about the green mile uh the character John Coffey, his initials are J.C., Jesus Christ. He can perform those miracles. Yeah. There's a million Stephen King that has Christian undertones, and this one happens to be that. Yeah. But the And then when, when I don't want to get ahead of myself, but you don't see that camera ang angle pan up again until he's free, and he's in the rain, you know, the iconic shot of... Andy like going like this in the rain and it pans up again to freedom and then when they're on the beach in Mexico like there's just a couple times the whole film I think four times four or five times that it represented freedom I loved that I loved yeah. that I thought that was great work now we meet in the sequence when he first arrives to the prison we mm -hmm. hear the first narration of the most amazing voice probably in any of any this actor made him of any actor Morgan Freeman voices Ellis Boyd, Red Redding, mm -hmm. Red. He he voices Red. Now in the original book, he was a ginger-haired Irish a white guy. Yeah, he was a white guy, and apparently they were talking to like Harrison Ford, Clint Eastwood, Paul Newman, these kind of people to play this character. And then for whatever reason, I can't remember why, but they decided for Morgan Freeman, a, a black man. And there's a point in the movie where he makes a joke when uh, Andy first meets. Why do they call you red? red? Yeah, why do you call you red? It's because I'm Irish, and that's <laughs> and maybe it's because I'm Irish. And, and he that makes was that like joke. a tongue in cheek, yeah. but not really because neither one of them really laughed about it because it was verbatim as the book was written. Yeah, and the book was written like <laughs> that's why they call him that. Yeah, and it's, I and like it's, that. And it's funny every when you first he first talks to Andy and stuff like that. He always. When Andy, he says, oh, what'd you do to get in here or whatever? Andy always says, I didn't do anything. You know, they accused me of killing my wife, but I'm innocent. And Red just has a smile like, don't you know? Everybody in here is innocent. Mm -hmm. Nobody here did anything. And that's kind of like a, a, a reference that continues throughout the movie. You know, you know, they, you, when you have uh, the young kid, what's his name? Tommy. Uh, Tommy, yeah. When Tommy comes in. It was he, supposed to be Brad Pitt. <laughs> yes, it was supposed to be Brad Pitt. Which would have been awesome. Yeah. But uh, when he comes in and he asks, like, oh, what'd you do to get, get in here? He's like, don't you know, kid? Everybody in here is innocent. And he, it's kind of like his coming. Like, I think the movie did very well when it it showed the passage of time. Like, by the end of the movie, he had been in there for almost 20 years. It was like almost 20 years Andy had been in that prison for doing something he knew he had never done. He was an innocent man who wasted 20 years of his life in this hellhole. It's a hellhole in this prison, mind you. Um, but one of the characters, I thought what really represented the prison 
your first instinct of what the prison was was the first night. Night one, the new prisoners arrived. Mm-hmm. And there was a real, real chubby fat guy. The fat fish. Yeah, the fat fish who... They, they had this... All the prisoners had this thing like, oh, who are you going to bet on? Who's going to cry they first? They picked him. Yeah. And he kind of egged him on. Mm-hmm. Even, and he and he just started crying. He started bowling. He's like, I shouldn't be in here. I want my mommy, basically. You know? What happened to him? Uh, yeah. And then the head guard... What's his name? Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. Yes, you're, that's why I want you here because you're better at names Clancy, than I am. Well, Clancy Brown was the actor who played him. Um, Byron Hadley was, was his name in the film. But I want to talk real quick about Clancy Brown and how awesome he is. He was also in Pet Cemetery. Stephen King, another, another Stephen King film. Yeah. He played like the asshole stepfather cop sheriff type thing who eventually like gets killed and then brought back through the pet cemetery as like an evil person but let's talk about his greatest role clancy brown was in starship troopers he was yes. the freaking yes he was the drill sergeant from starship troopers and and he, he's great he's he like is. stereotype like typecast he i mean he played a drill sergeant in starship troopers he played the captain of the guards in shawshank redemption he played the cop in pet cemetery like he plays this he plays this, yeah this role. like military-esque like super super uh disciplined type of character Clancy brown is great what a great actor well, uh, what made it so great in Starship Troopers, not to take us off the other one, is at the end of the movie, he, he's the hero. He is. He's the, the hero, hero at the end of that movie. Maybe that'll be another movie we'll do in another episode. Oh, it's got to be. It's yes. got to be. Yeah, but uh, Clancy one, Brown. one of my favorite lines is like when he says to the, the fat fish, when he says, what is your malfunction, you fat barrel of monkey spunk? <laughs> he loves that line. Like... <laughs> Like well, it, oh man! But here's what really, really shows you the way the prison is. They take him out there to discipline him, and he beats him down. He beats him down so hard he kills the guy. Mm-hmm. He kills him. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 so intense, and it shows you they don't fuck around in this prison. No. They don't fuck around at all. Like they're just they're there for business. So yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty hard. <clears throat> it's pretty um, gruesome. So he he eventually Andy eventually kind of settles in. Um, he befriends Red Morgan Freeman's character yeah. and their group. He realizes uh, that Red is the guy is the guy that brings stuff in. He's the guy that gets stuff into the thing. And I've he asks any yeah, and he asks for a rock hammer. I've been known first... to locate things from time to time. Yeah, and he asks for a rock hammer because Andy Dufresne, which. This take this is a very very good like thing to pay attention to for later in the movie. He's Andy Dufresne is a very very geometry oriented individual. Geometry, geology, geology. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, he might know geo- geometry. He was a complete. He was a genius. The dude was a genius. Like, like he, he was, was overqualified to be the vice president of a of a bank. Yeah, he I feel was. like yeah, he was. he was very overqualified. He was a very geology oriented individual though. Yeah. He loved rocks. He loved stones, and that plays a role in the movie because at the end of the movie he tunnels his his way out. Like spoilers, mm-hmm. he escapes the prison. Okay, right, right. he is able to use this rock hammer to chisel his way out. And I remember what was great about the, <clears throat> and they repeat at the end of the movie. But Red had mentioned that it mu- that you know I bet you it would take thirty years or fifty years, six hundred years. Six, is what he said. Oh yeah, that's right. He did, he he went some over exaggerated shit like that. It's like it would take six hundred years for a man under to, twenty for yeah for a man to tunnel his way out of here. Andy Dufresne did it under twenty. Yep. Like, he came to he came to Shawshank in 1947. 
He escaped in 1966. Yeah. So you got to think about the period, too, when this movie takes place. Yeah. Uh, wow. <clears throat> One of the funniest facts I, I did find is the book mentions that Andy, uh, to pay for the rock hammer, to give Red money for the rock hammer, he had smuggled in $100 to Shawshank. Uh, where do you think he smuggled it in? His butthole? Yeah, his ass. Well, that makes sense. His because- asshole. I mean, he was getting butt fucked by the sisters like the whole time. Oh yeah, too. he was. There was that was kind of. Like I had a... forgotten. I had forgotten when I rewatched the movie recently how much he got fucked by them. He got fucking worked over by them for a long ass time. Yeah, like years. Years. This dude was getting like, ass raped. They put work on him. For they years. did too. And uh, yeah, what? So he. Oh, just really, really great little little tiny things that they pay attention to. Uh, you know, the whole he knows he's gonna get out because he's been working on this tunnel for a while. Oh yeah, he's and, he's been uh, he's been doing it for his his entire time. The moment he got that rock hammer, okay, he would you know do his little sculpture and stuff like that, do his little thing. But he was chiseling his way out of there. He had uh, posters of women actresses, the <coughs> Rita Hayworth. Um, he had uh, Marilyn Monroe, yeah, Raquel Welsh, whatever, I think. whatever the latest babe of the se- of the decade, of the decade, was. yeah, like, and, and he used that poster to hide the hole that he was digging out, yeah, yeah. Now they don't just tell the story of Andy Dufresne in this one; they tell the story of Red as well. And it, you'll notice as the story goes on, you go through periods of time when he is trying to appeal to get released, and he's trying to go for the parole or parole process, and. One of, the, one of the little factoids is you'll occasionally see his mugshot from when he got arrested. His mugshot was actually a picture of his son at the time, Morgan Freeman's son at the time. Really? Yeah, it was. Alf- I was. I think his name was uh, Alfonso or something like that. Let me That's see. Cool. Let me see. Right here. Yeah, it That's was. It was fact. Alfonso. <clears throat> it was. It was his son that took the picture for the mugshot for the young Morgan Freeman role. Oh, I like That's what that. it was. So, but you notice. Uh, he's when Morgan Freeman, uh, when Red goes in to you know do the parole process, he's always a reasonable individual saying, you know, yes sir, yes sir, you know, I'm sorry, you know, uh, you know this, that, and the other thing, like I will never do it again. But you notice he goes through that like three times, I think, through the movie. And at the end of the movie, when his last time, when he actually gets paroled, spoilers, at the end of the movie he gets paroled, and what's funny about it is he just doesn't give a shit. Like at that point, he's like, I don't give a shit. Like, and that's like, when they gave it to him. He's like, look, it's the ironic right. part. Yeah, of it. it's like, look, Sonny boy, okay, you're gonna, you, you're gonna put me in, you're gonna not put me in. It doesn't matter. It's a word. That's all it is. It's a word, okay? It's a word for, to make you people feel important. And what's funny about it is, <clears throat> Family Guy did a skit. Occasionally, they did a uh, little skits where they would do like parodies of different stories, and they did the Shawshank Redemption. So. And <laughs> Cleveland Brown played Red. <laughs> and it's funny about it was when he did the final parole, and they asked him, "Do you think? Do you think you've been fully re- rehabilitated? Do you think you commit uh, crime again?" And <laughs> he he did the same rant kind of where he would just go off on a on a tangent. And he was basically going to like same rant, but at the end of it, he was like, "And will I kill again? Yes, I will kill again. If you let me out of here, I will definitely recreate my crime." It was it was fucking hilarious. And they're like, "All right, you passed." It, it was one of those tongue in cheek like Family Guy things where they're like, "Oh, it's do ridiculous." You know, do you know what Red did? He all right. There's two. All right. There's two different crimes. Okay, because it's different in the book. In the movie, it was a um, it was a rob uh, armed robber gone bad. He was holding up a store or something like that, and he committed murder 
uh, he shot somebody by accident or something like that. In the book, what it says Red did was he was trying to kill his wife by cutting the brakes on her car. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, he accidentally killed the neighbor and the neighbor's child. Mm -hmm. So... I think of they, course Stephen King makes the worst possible absolutely scenario so um, I think they decided to lighten it up a little bit for the movies to make Red seem more of a likable character that it was just an accident that happened as opposed to I maliciously killed my wife and in doing so killed a child and a neighbor so I can see why they kind of changed it up in the movie a little bit so right so you were saying how the main plot of the story revolves around Andy in red yes but there is a third character who you slightly get to hear his story and as sad as it is as true as it is that was brooks brooks the from the library the old man yeah, the old that man. was a sad that sad that story. got me right in the feels because from the very beginning he was institutionalized you liked him he was he, he was institutionalized he ended up gaining his freedom he got he was able to get out and you actually you don't just when he gets his freedom it's not one of those things where it's like he's gone and we don't know what happens to him or whatever happens you follow him as he goes out he's a grocery store bagger and he's in a you know a, halfway, a, a house. halfway house and eventually he just can't deal with it he can't deal with it at all mm -hmm. and he ends up hanging himself he mm -hmm. carves on the on the uh banister or the or the the board yeah. uh brooks was here yeah, he hanged himself <laughs> right yeah in the halfway house and that that that's something I like to do when I'm gonna we're gonna review these movies. How many how many fatalities were there in the film? There was a good number. There was so I think there was six. I was trying to figure this out. So there was the wife and the the golfer, wife and the lover, the fat man, the fat fish. There was Brooks, Tommy when he gets killed, and then <laughs> which the, by the way Tommy when he gets killed he gets killed because he is able to prove that Andy is actually innocent and the warden doesn't like it because mm -hmm. Andy has been doing his money laundering scam that he's been doing. So right. he gets Tommy killed. Right. So Tommy is five. And then the warden. Six. And then the warden. Yes. Which was a great scene when, when yeah. Morgan Freeman, when Red is narrating that last part. And I love the line when he yeah. says, well, I hope the last thing that went through the warden's mm -hmm. head other than the bullet. I just love, <laughs> I love that little comment. That was that was great. But to say the least, Tom, when Tommy gets killed, Andy realizes there's no way he's getting out. Mm -mm. The warden killed Tommy so that Andy would stay in jail, and he can't do it. So that's the point whenever everybody thinks Andy's going to kill himself. But really, Andy decides this is the night, this is the time I'm going to escape. Mm -hmm. I'm done. I'm gone. And so he does. He escapes. And he call he crawls through about a quarter mile of shit. He he tunnels his way through the wall. He gets through the In wall. In a conveniently human-sized pipe. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. He bangs himself into a pipe of just, just toilet feces and disgustingness. But at the end of it, when he gets to the end of the pipe, it is one of the most one of the most greatest scenes ever where he's just he's just Morgan Freeman is narrating and he's just holding his arms up in, in the, the middle rain, of the rain yeah. and just washing all his just all 20 years of bullshit away. It was it was very symbolic. It was. It was very symbolic. And then he the the way that he was able to take all the money from the warden yeah. that he had been laundering all <laughs> Because those he had years. been laundering it through a fake name and he little did the warden know he was going to use the fake name in order to get the goddamn oh, money. What, so it was what great. A great thing. He up and left. He had and like three hundred thousand dollars that he took from him. Oh Jesus! Back great. then, that's 
That's a lot of money. That's a lot of fucking... That's a lot of money today, so imagine what it was back what then. Was, what was the name of the Mexican city he went to? Sehuataneo. Sehuataneo. He went yeah. down there, yes, he and he got Red to come back down with him. Right, he did. When Red finally got his parole, he hopped a bus and went down there also, and... And it was such a great scene at the end of it, too, because they had a pullout scene where they would just show the kind of like the beach where they were at. And you'd see Red. There was no there was no lines. There was no nothing. It was just Andy jumping off the boat that he was fixing and just one hug, just mm-hmm. a hug between two friends. It really was a love story between the two of them. Yes, it was. It was. They, they were brothers. They were friends. They, they was, loved each it other. Was great. So. It was great. So um, you want to. Rate this movie. Let's see. Are we going to rate it? Okay. Let's rate it just like we do with our beers of the show. Okay. Scale of one to five. One to five. And you go, you pick, you pick this film, our very first, our very first one. So you go ahead and go. Because of the emotion, because of everything, this movie, it, this movie almost has everything for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a high, a pretty high four for me. Okay. It's, it's, it's almost one of those perfect movies in my opinion. It's almost a perfect movie. Wow, and um, um, I agree. I there there are some it does have some faults, but yeah. it is a very very good movie. I'm I'm not ready to call it a perfect movie either. So like you, I'm also mm. going to give it a four. I don't think it's the second greatest movie of all time when no. people have it rated, but it is it is a very good it is a very quality film. It's a classic. Um, it's, it's an absolute it's, classic. Yeah, it's 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 a one it's one of the ones you can always watch. Yeah. You can always pick something new up from it. So yeah, that's that's great. That's great. I loved our first review of the Shawshank Redemption. Definitely. Um, first first throwback cinema. Yeah. If it's you, definitely a movie I recommend. If, you're, if you've are if stuck through the end of this podcast and you haven't seen it yet, we apologize for the spoilers, but shame on you for not watching it. The spoilers don't matter, movie. to be honest. If the spoilers don't matter, okay, you'll love it either way. You'll love it either way. So. Yeah, go watch the film. All right, so Adam, how can people get a hold of us? If you guys want to get a hold of us, if you guys want to let us know what you think of the movie and if you've seen it, uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter, For Your Distraction. Twitter is at PodcastFYD. Same thing with Snapchat, at PodcastFYD. We're uh, doing more... <clears throat> Excuse me. Facebook live video, and we're doing Periscope. Uh, search for Distraction Rat Podcast F or Podcast FYD, I think, on Periscope as well. Um, give us a follow there. You can catch a podcast before it even airs. Uh, sound or iPhone listeners, if you don't like listening on SoundCloud or on iTunes as well. Head over to For Your Distraction. Subscribe to us. Give us a, you know, like, a follow, comment, all that good stuff. Give us a rating. Let us know how we are. Let us know what movies you guys might want us to review ahead of time. You yeah. Know? If there's a movie, they say, hey, I want Scott and Adam to talk about Debbie Does Dallas. <laughs> then shoot us an email. Send us a message on social media. Whatever movie you want us to watch, rewatch. And talk about, uh, yeah, any movie really. If it's a movie we haven't seen yet, <coughs> fuck it, we'll watch it. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying to do like we said. We're trying to do more, you know, classic movies, older movies. Not not you know movies we've all seen. Movies we've all seen. A movie so. I can go to Family Video and rent. <laughs> yeah, and watch it at my house instead of having to drive to the cinema. But uh, so. We're going to do another one of these. 
Yeah. Do, do you want do you want to reveal what our next film or review is or do you want to hold off and wait? You know what? Let's give a little spoiler. Let's get a little spoiler. The next one we've already got to plan the next throwback cinema we're going to throw out there is going to be The Princess Bride. Yes. We're going to review The Princess Bride for all you people. So if you guys want to uh, go ahead and watch that ahead of time so that you can join along in the conversation, let us know what's going on, you know, so that you guys know what's going on. I'm sorry, but yeah, go ahead and watch it. Princess Bride is going to be next. <clears throat> All right. So that pretty much does it for me. What do you think, Adam? Uh, I think it was pretty good. I'm Adam for all the you guys listening for the first time. And I am Scott. And it's time to get busy living or get busy dying. <laughs>